Hello, Rasa. Hi, Dad. How are you today? I'm doing great. I am also doing well. Are you ready to know everything? I am ready beyond measure. <sighs> Let's do it. Today, I want to talk to you about the big one zero. What number is that? Ten. Yes, and you are about to turn. Ten years old. Mind blowing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Double digits. And yet, what does that mean? What are the two digits in this case of double digits? Well, zero and one. Yes. Zero and one. One zero is our way of writing ten. In our way of writing numbers, we have ten different digits. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And that's it. Any number greater than nine, we write as a combination of digits instead of inventing a whole new symbol for it. One, zero equals 10. Seven, two equals 72. Nine, six, Three equals? 963. Exactly. The rightmost digit is how many ones we have. The one next to that is how many? Tens we have. The one next to that is how many? Hundreds. The one next to that is how many? Thousands. And so on. So 245, for example, is five ones, four tens, and two? Hundreds. Bravo. And you're so familiar with this way of writing numbers that you probably barely think about it. But computers use a totally different way of writing numbers. And we call this way of writing numbers binary. Their way has only two digits, one and zero. That's it. They write every number with just one and zero. Wow, but ow. In our normal way of counting, each place is worth 10 times the one next to it. In binary, each place is worth two times the one next to it. So the rightmost digit is how many ones you have. The one next to that is how many twos you have. The one next to that is how many fours you have. The one next to that is how many? How many eights you have. Yes. Twos, fours, eights. And the one next to that is how many? Sixteens. Exactly. Sixteens. And that sounds funny because we're not used to it. But what's so cool is you can still write down any number using just ones and zeros. One, 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 for example, is one, one, and one, two, and one, four. Four plus two plus one equals? Seven. So one, one, one in binary is how you write seven. Huh. One, zero, one is one, one, zero twos, and one, four. One plus zero so plus four. So five. That's right. So one, zero, one in binary is? Five. Now, how about the big double digits in binary? It comes a lot sooner, doesn't it? Yeah. What is one, zero in binary? Two. Yeah. It's zero ones and one two. 
So in binary, all you have to do to reach double digits is turn two years old. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be easy. The reason that computers do that is because it's simpler. If a switch inside the computer is off, it counts as a zero. If it's on, it counts as a one. Whenever you use a car, a phone, or any other computerized system, deep down, they're doing all their math using just ones and zeros, on and off switches. It takes a lot more digits to write this way, but the digits themselves are much simpler. Imagine an alphabet with only two letters in it. <laughs> yeah. So what, for example, is one zero one zero in binary? It's zero ones, one two, zero fours, and one eight. Zero plus two plus zero plus eight. That would be ten. Yes, in binary, one zero one zero is how you write the number ten. So welcome to old age, kid. To your computer, you're in quadruple digits already. I am the ancient one. Are you ready for today's poem? I am ready for today's poem. Well, it continues our birthday theme because it is from a book called "Now We Are Six by A. A. Millen, who wrote the Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh books. But this poem actually has my age mentioned in it, so don't think it's just for six-year-olds.、Hmm. It's called "The Morning Walk" by A. A. Millen. When Anne and I go out a walk, we hold each other's hands and talk of all the things we mean to do. When Anne and I are forty-two, and when we've thought about a thing, like bowling hoops or bicycling. Or falling down on Anne's balloon, we do it in the afternoon.、Hmm. Would you like to read it? Yeah, the morning walk by A. A. Milne. When Anne and I go out a walk, we hold each other's hands and talk of all the things we mean to do when Anne and I are forty-two, and when we've thought about a thing, like bowling hoops or bicycling. Or falling down on Anne's balloon, we do it in the afternoon. <laughs> so, these kids are dividing their days in half. In the morning, what are they doing? Talking about all the things they'll do when they're so old. They're forty-two. Yes, they go for a walk. Right, it's called the morning walk.、Mm -hmm. And they have that talk about all the things they'll do when they're older. And then, what do they do in the afternoon? All those things they just do them. They don't wait till they're forty-two, do they? Nope. And I love this poem because I feel like I get in that mindset sometimes, where I'm always making plans about what's going to make me happy, what I have to do to be happy later. But meanwhile, what are you often doing while I'm making those plans? Doing something. Doing something fun already. I'm like, what should we do to have fun? And you're like, I don't know. And you're hula hooping.、And、I'm like, we've got to make hard plans. And you're doing a cartwheel. And I go, well, gosh darn it! Let's get to this table. Let's make a draft. And you're and already, I'm making slime. You're cooking up slime, exactly. And I would like to learn from that example and not wait until I'm 42 or 84 or 160 to do the fun things. 
kind of have a shorter gap between thinking of something fun to do or doing it. Yeah, I think that is a really fun mindset because, well, it can be good to make hard plans. I think the funnest part is just doing it. Of their plans, what is the most fun sounding to you? Bicycling, bowling, or falling down on a balloon? Hmm, I'd have to say I just do all three. <laughs> Last segment of the show, normally, I ask, do you have a vexing question for me? But this time, I've got a vexing question for you. You're older, you're wiser. Are you ready? I am ready. A listener named Emily sent us this vexing question. How do we build or sustain community in the time of COVID-19? Wow. That is such a great question, because, well, it's not necessarily a good idea to go and give your friends a big hug, and you might even have to wear masks, and you probably have to do it outdoors. That doesn't mean that there aren't so many ways that you can build and sustain community. I'm going to share a few things that I think you could do. Number one, you can always go to Zoom. And while it isn't exactly the same as face-to-face, -face, it is really nice because you can communicate with anybody, whether they're across the street or in Florida. You can have meetings, show your support, or just say hello. And that's a really nice way to hang out with your friends and offer some cheerfulness. Yeah. One thing I'm starting to realize over all this time is it's not just that it's harder to see the people close to me. It's also in some ways easier to see the people far from me. I know some of the groups that I'm part of locally, they moved to Zoom, but that also meant that people who had moved away or friends and family that never lived here to begin with could join in and vice versa. There are exercise classes I've done with my sister who's in New York and there's conversations and book readings and stuff that I've gone to in totally different places that I never would have thought to enter because they weren't next to me. So community is changing, but it's not going away. Yeah. Now, the next thing is, you can always just make something for someone. You can't necessarily, like the Zoom, do it in Florida, but you could send it to someone, or you could just drop it off outside their door. You'd be surprised how much it makes someone's day to see a package of fresh cookies, or a card, or a gift, or a present, or something outside their door. We were doing weekly pizza dough drop-offs for a while, and we're still doing kind of bi-weekly chocolate chip cookie drop-offs. Yeah. And you've had people bring you, what, chalk, cards, other games and ideas too, right? Yeah. Chalk, cards, puzzles, homemade little paper notebooks. So it goes both ways. Yeah, delicious little cookie thingies. And it's just really nice to have a little treat that someone brings you or to bring one to someone else. And didn't you even make a rock? painted with some inspirational messages like you can do it or you're awesome or something like that? Yeah. And I dropped them outside people's door. You can just use literally anything, but it really does make a difference. Now, the next thing is you can see people outside. And that's a really big thing. My best friend and I, we meet together and we go out hikes or we each stand on one side of the street and yell at each other. <laughs> Hi! How are you? I am good. I can confirm that. Yeah. 
we both have chalk drawings and we both draw with chalk on either side. And then we switch sides of the street to see each other's drawings. I remember your school had something that was really cool. I'd never thought of before, a reverse parade where the teachers were by the fence of the school and they were spaced apart. And then you, the kind of viewing people, walked by them spaced six feet apart. So you could all see your teachers again for the last time right when school ended and see each other. So that reverse parade idea was an interesting, again, invention from this time. Yeah, it was really cool. I remember my teacher, she put these little fake teeny puppet hands in her shirt and tucked her elbows in, waved at us with the teeny hands. I was really moved. There were so many people that were calling your name and even me and mom's name and just reminded me of how big a community we're part of once we see each other face to face again. Yeah, you can be inventive. There's just so many different ways to get together. So keep on waving to your friends, keep social distancing putting your masks on, and having lots of fun. One takeaway I get from the activities you suggested is sometimes when you're feeling lonely, the best way to get that connection is to be there for someone else. So if you kind of need that note, send that note. If you need that cookie, bake it. If you need that rock, write it. Give it to someone and you'll start making that connection too. You speak wise words, my friend. (laughs) Well, I'm grateful to be connected with you and with all our listeners. Thank you guys for being part of our community now, too. Yes. Thank you very, very much. You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, you must know everything.com and hear dozens of previous episodes for free. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Android, Spotify, or however you like to listen. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know. <laughs>